Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Clint and I are in the booth on a very, very frigid uh, February day. But it's sunny. Uh, sunny. Uh, that's the silver linings, as well as a uh, very strong, surprising uh, jobs report this morning as well. So that's true. Interesting, uh, interesting development. We didn't expect that. Well, bad news is good news, and good news is bad news, right? So right now, right. the stock market, right in the beginning of the day, of course, when they hear that the jobs were great, immediately goes down. Futures got were looking horrible, right? No, we got a little recovery day, right? You know, we'll see where it stands at the end of the day. Seems to me to be one of those days that'll just end up falling apart at the end of the day. Well, right. And as we've seen the last, what, a week, I guess, even longer than that, uh, you know, volatility is, uh, uh, is here and getting comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the story of this year uh, for sure. It's going to be the amount of volatility that we see throughout the year. I mean, this past week is an odd one because it's volatility to the upside. No one cares about that, right? It's, right. All, it's all good. All of a sudden, the Fed goes out, talks a little bit. And then everything's rosy. Jerome, Jerome Paul, best guy ever. And right. the NASDAQ is off to the races. And then a few weeks from now, it could be a completely different story. Well, and even I think volatility, the extent that when you, when you looked at um, just within the markets themselves, right, you had the NASDAQ just losing its mind to the upside on a day that the Dow lost money. It's weird. On a day that the S&P made money. I mean, again, so it's not even just volatility to the extent of volatility. It's, it's you know, intra-market volatility, which is, which is very difficult to pin down as well. Yeah, and I mean, obviously what the thought is there is that, uh, you know, the Fed might cut rates later in the year or at least not, inter not increase interest rates as much as they kind of intimated that they would earlier in the year. And so, you know, that's obviously risk on for tech companies. So... You know, I, I think we're in a spot now that's a little interesting to see where the market's going to shake out. Why is the NASDAQ doing so well? You know, they're having job cuts right now. Seems like they're paring back. They're kind of having their own recession. And then all of a sudden, those stocks are zooming back up. So I can't say I'm completely convinced about this rally. Intimated to, to me is one of those words that you never are sure that you're using it correctly or that you're saying it right. It's just kind of a like, it's right, but every time you use it, you're kind of like, I just say it confidently, and then that's how I say every right. big word. I just say it really right. confidently, and then eventually somebody's going to tell me. Well, that Mitch's favorite word along those lines is what? What is that? Tangential. Uh, uh, tangential. Tangential. Uses See? that all the time. Another one of those where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if he's saying that right, and I don't know if he's using that right. I'm sure he is because it's Mitch, but at the same time, I always every time he uses it, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I was just counting on my fingers as far as how many syllables that was. So tangential. So it's three syllables. But that's assuming you're saying it right, though, which I think you are. But I, I have no idea. Intimated. Oh, it's four. See, if you can get a, a four-syllable word and you could say it that well, there you right. go. That's the gold standard. Well, well but right, so look at how close it is to intimated. Totally different word. It's completely different. <laughs> I, that's why I tend to steer clear. In areas like that, because I'm going to come off looking silly. Well, I, anyways, I do, but you know, it looks sillier when I try to, you know, use a word where I'm like, I don't know, is that the right word to use right there? Well, but, especially when you're around Keith, who just has all kinds of words that I don't understand. So that's because Keith makes it up half the time. But I think it is totally made up. Nobody pushes him back on him, so he just acts like he's, you know, in the right when he's not. Just because it's an old English text doesn't mean that it's right now. Well, right, exactly, right. It just, it's fine. Um, 
I think the idea that uh, back to the to the focus at hand. Um, I think the idea of the, the start of the year rally is is uh, almost off putting in some ways to some people, or it's it's not quite believable right now. And I think that's got a lot of us kind of scratching our heads as to what do we have here. We had a head fake in the summer of last year, and is this the same head fake? Now again, what six eight more months of down markets have have gone under the bridge. Fourth quarter was better, but still we had you know more water went under the bridge in summer of last year. But are we still in the in the throes of a head fake? Yeah, it seems to me to be a bit early, and so maybe we're just I don't know. It seems to me that we might be borrowing from the future here, and right. we're off to such a hot start, and things are good, and you start feeling better about things. And I think this is going to end up being a head fake. But that's just a that's just a guess. If you look at the numbers underneath things, I mean the jobs report extremely strong. Right. Uh, inflation's coming down. I mean, there's a lot of good stories out there too. Um, the tech layoffs are, I don't think they're brutal. I think they're kind of a normal part of a business cycle. It seems like a softening, but not an incredible recession. So, right. you know, it seems to me, I mean, will the Fed be able to engineer a soft landing? That'll be one of the first times ever. And people would be very kind to Jerome Powell and all the people in the Fed there if they're actually able to kind of engineer a soft landing. It, it'll change the way that we look at the Fed, I think. Um, but if it doesn't happen, and I, I think that rockier seas are ahead, but, um, you know, looking at the, it's in the context of the market too. The market is anticipatory. That's another one. That's another uh, one. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's, um, so it's anticipating, you know, what's going on in the future, saying that things might not be as bad as we might've thought. And what we're going to end up doing is, is getting into a situation where, um, you know, maybe the market gets a little hot, but the economic data gets weaker. So it's an interesting situation right now that we're in, in the markets and we'll see whether it persists. Uh, but when we look at, I know you looked up some of these numbers, Nate, um, you know, in the context of recessions and, and down markets, bear markets, I mean, the average bear market lasts, uh, I think you have the number there, right? 11 months, 11 months. Is, the, is the average. Now, again, those, you have to be careful with averages, obviously, because that, you know, those numbers can get, it's, you know, Exactly where do you start? Exactly where do you stop? But call it roughly one year, right? To be generous on it, you know, is, is you know the average length of a bear market. And I think we can all agree that you know pretty much January of last year is when it started, if, if we want to look at it that way right now. Um, so to that end, we're 13 months into it, uh, starting our 14 month, 14th month. And it depends on what index you look at, but in general, I would say and, you know if we're looking at the overall market, I'd right. say that's that's fair, right? But I think that what's what what a lot of people lose sight of is that when we when we pull out of times like this, um, it it's not as clear cut as I think people think it should be or is. I, you know, you and I were both doing this in 08, 09. You know, March of 09 when we started to pull out of that, you know, out of the ugliness at that time. Uh, it, it's not linear, right? It's it's not just a straight line. It doesn't just add a hundred points every day for the next, you know. 12 months and then we call it good, right? I mean, it's very choppy coming out of these periods of time. And I, and that's arguably what we're seeing right now. And so what's funny about it is I don't think people, when, when, when the, it starts to recover, people don't feel good about the recovery because, you know, you're seeing two up days, but you're also seeing, you know, the third down day and those, those down days can be pretty painful. And so I think it's, it's interesting as we come out of these down markets that it's, it's, it's nowhere close to a, a, you know, kind of flat line climb out of it. It's, Two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. But you're you're in progressively making 
progress, progressively making, uh, you know, putting distance between you and the, the downturn, I guess, is the, the better way to say it, right? And that's what is the beginning of a recovery. That's exactly right. Well, and you're starting from behind, too. You know, it's like you getting put way behind the start line in a race, and all of a sudden you feel relief when you get to the, the start line. Right. But you're not feeling great. Right. So you, you just feel like you've kind of gotten back to a certain point there where you were, you know, <laughs> at a previous time. And so I think that that's why people, I think that's why people can, can easily, especially times like right now can start to feel exhaustion within, within the market just in general. And there's a lot of people and rightly so that kind of get to a point where they just kind of want to throw their hands up and go, I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of this at this point. And that's another sign that we're probably getting close to the end of the downturn. And, and again, we've, been through a few of these now but you know when the when the when the euphoria and the feel good gets too too good for too long you know the downturn is going to start pretty soon and when the exhaustion starts to set in and people start to get to that point where i've had enough of this that's about when you start to see it pull back out of it and if you see a big leg down here i think you're going to start to test those sort of spirits in people's yes. minds for sure. Uh, because now they got a relief rally and they're yes. thinking okay i think things are going to be okay maybe this is over and then if it goes back down and tests those lows, that's when you'll truly see what sort of intestinal fortitude you're going to need to stay in these markets. And the stock market does not care how long this downturn is. So right. there's no manual, you know, there is no, you know, this could last for 24, 36 more months and we could set a new record. I think it's unlikely, but right. people have to be steeled and they have to have some resolve in this and say, it will be done. It might be done this year. We don't know. And right. if it is, great. Congratulations. You made it through. And if it doesn't, doesn't matter. Just keep your investment strategy. Make sure that you're talking with your advisor. Make sure that you have a plan and you know how to execute your plan. Yeah, I think that that's a great point. I think that the the cleanliness that people want within the market doesn't exist, right? We don't cleanly exit these downturns. It, it's it's messy. It's we we come out of it a little bit, fall back down, come back up, fall back down, and then we finally kind of get our way out of it. And I think that that's likely what we're going to see this time as well. So this easily could be kind of our first attempt or second attempt, if you will, to kind of get up out of it, and then we could fall back down, and we could try to get and fall back down. And that's not uncommon. I think people lose sight of the fact that you know the the whole the old you know this time it's different. It's never different. But it, it feels different because we just forgotten what it's like to come out of one of these. Because you got to remember back to how you felt in 2009. That's a long ways to think back to go, oh, I remember how I felt back then. I'll just, so therefore I have confidence that this time will be the same as that. You don't remember what you felt like back then. And so these feelings are all new-ish, even though we've been through them before. Um, so it's easy to kind of convince ourselves that, that it's different this time. The headlines are different but the end result isn't actually different. I think the hard part about it too is that universally speaking, a lot of people December 31st of uh, you know 2021 had the highest balances that they've ever had in their lives. Right. And then they got knocked down yes. last year. And so they, they're recovering from that and they have a lot of bias in that they're saying, hey, I, I know what my balance used to be. Right. And I'm not immune to that. It happened to me too. I mean, Absolutely. I was like, Right. Riding high, you know, I was like, I was like Scarface at the end of that. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're just, just getting out the cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Okay. Reasonable point. Uh, but then, you know, then you get shot a lot and then you got to recover from that. So, 
you know, basically that's where, where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm surviving my body blows that I got too, you know, just like everybody else did. And, you know, I really didn't turn off what I did. I continued to contribute and that's what you got to do through this. If you're the nice part about it is if you're in the middle of saving, it's great. If you're in the middle of withdrawing because you're in retirement, right. that's a more difficult thing for you. And I think what's unique to this one too, is that, um, we had the highest level of consumer savings kind of on their balance sheets, if you will, just, just emergency savings that we've ever had in history. And a lot of that became because we couldn't do anything for what, two years straight because of COVID. And so people were, were flush with cash. That's starting to wane. You're starting to see those balances come down. And I think that people are starting to, to realize that as well. You know, inflation makes the grocery store more expensive and the gas station more expensive and all these places that we go. And so I think people are also starting to feel that too and going, wait a minute, my, my savings account balance used to be X and now it's, you know, cut in half or even worse than that. Uh, I don't feel so good about this. And I think that that also is leading to this kind of exhaustion, this uh, I'm tired of this feeling um, because it, it, people aren't where they were 12 months ago. You know, and they, well, yeah, and they knew that was going to happen. And they're starting to end some of the COVID um, mm -hmm. sort of emergency policies as well. Right. And the issue with that is people might have to pay back some student loans and things right. like that. It would really been delayed a very long right. time. Some people thought they were going to get um, student loan forgiveness. I don't know if that's going to occur. That appears to be a big court thing. So we'll see if that happens right. or not. Um, I have, I'm very skeptical that that's actually going to be able to be wiped out. So, you know, you might have a lot of people paying student loan debts coming up here. And so that'll be another thing that impacts yep. um, their balance sheet and their, you know, income statement. And, you know, and a lot of people too are just not seeing the wage growth related to inflation. So yep. they've had to substitute some things or, or go without some things or just eat from their savings. And then at some point you can't tolerate that any longer and you've got to do right. something. Yeah. And you, you know, Washington is never far from the wanting to be in the spotlight and, you know, they're going to get their day in the sun here pretty quick here with the debt ceiling debate because, all, I think it's still 535 of them that, you know, find themselves to be very important in the world and can't help but get in front of a camera. I mean, this is the perfect environment for them to be able to stand up and, you know, poster around about how the other side is a bunch of idiots. And, and so this, this is going to play out in front of us again, because they're not going to miss this opportunity to be able to point the finger at the other side. And that will rile things up as well, because this is what happens. So um, I think they're, is it April or May when they when they kind of fully run out of quote, run out of money? Is that I mean they're kind of into the what what do they call it um, extraordinary measures right now is kind of the phase they're in right now, but they're not there yet. And so you know you'll see this in the headlines for the next couple months as well as they you know decide to play a game of idiot brinksmanship. Yeah, I guess uh, you know to wrap this podcast, that is one thing that we're hearing more and more from our clients, and I would say. Look, they're going to get something worked out with a debt ceiling. I don't think that they're going to allow any sort of default or anything like that. And I know both sides think the other side is crazy, and I, I appreciate all that. But we've been here before. I think they're all we'll crazy. Through it. I mean, frankly, well, I think they're enough. all stupid and don't that, have that's fine. Really the interest of the American citizen in mind. But either way, it's fine. Uh, regardless, they are going to find uh, right. some sort of debt ceiling. Uh, they're going to raise right. the debt right. ceiling. It'll, they'll, you know, both sides will claim victory, and there'll be a lot of clickbait out there and everyone's right. going to be clicking and saying, what happens? They had default, not going to default, just relax. But to that point though, you know, 
default is not the, the what happens a second after the you know they cross the, the red line if you will right? That's right what'll happen first is you know likely layoffs or furloughs of what they refer to as non-essential government employees and, and that we could get to that point they mm. could get to a point where they push this beyond that because we've seen that before but again it, that's not as bad as that is for those people that are in those positions it doesn't mean that they won't be made whole in the end and you know so even if it gets to that point it doesn't mean that we're automatically uh you know quote in default that simply means that they're going to have to do a few more things that go beyond the extraordinary measures that they're doing right now wouldn't that be great if it just was one day it was like that's it Shut a lot it of money done rest of the year you got to take off I mean, it's it's as crazy as it sounds, and we've seen crazier things, I suppose. So yeah. I've also decided to just for everybody so they know, I'm I'm done trying to hide when I drink something on a podcast. I'm not moving away from the mic. I'm not doing any of that. So just I think it makes it more authentic. So if you hear me drinking something, I, that's how it's going to be from now on. As long as you don't slurp, like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. I don't want a lot of slurping. Yeah, no, I won't get to that level. No, but. Um, you know, and today, unfortunately, for those that uh, uh, will listen to our previous podcast, I'm not enjoying a V8 today. I'm I'm back to you know just regular water, which I, it does feel like a step down. It really does. Still water, ew, man, come on. As opposed to mineral water or sparkling water. Yeah, yeah, big fan of the mineral water. You know, I like I like eating kind what of liquid. What rocks. is the way you got you the, the to, what is it Toco? What oh, Topo Chico is wonderful, but that's that's a sparkling water. Uh, my favorite is the hint of lime, and they also had a hint of uh, grapefruit. Those are those are like top notch. Hint of grapefruit, very hard to get. Hint of lime is also quite hard to get. The regular stuff, just okay. I mean, it's good. Yeah, but it's just like I don't know. It's just bubbly water. Like there's no flavor. There's no right. essence. I've uh, we we are now fully away from regular tortilla chips in our house. It has to be hint of lime or Okay, out, out. I'm totally fine with yeah. hints of lime. Yeah, that's that's kind of a, that's the, the the standard now. I like the dusting of like chili powder as well, like a la Pasquale's. Like, yeah, I'm down with that totally. Uh, yeah. Also, El Rey out of Milwaukee has those sort of dusty chips and stuff. They have lemon. I think Selena wa- likes the um, uh, their blue corn, I believe, and they're a little spicy. I don't know what those are that she gets, like red hot something chips. Uh, that's another thing too. But it's a tortilla chip, so it's interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with those. I stick with the hint of lime. Also, one of our friends likes the like bean chips or something like that. That's nope. not that's not a real tortilla nope. chip. I'm out nope. of that. Just eat a regular tortilla. Yeah, chip. right. Like, exactly. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's not good for you, but it's moderation. Some of those though, things you right? got you got to have. Right. You can't sub certain things. Yeah, yeah, you can try, but it's not. It's no. Like, don't no. bring me cauliflower pizza. Garbage. Polly in the office, she, here in Bobby, they love it. The Costco cauliflower, they love it. So she said, I've never had it, but I don't. Sorry, you guys. don't like cauliflower, though. So you're not, you can't be like, that's not. I'm sorry that they don't have any taste. It's just, it's not my fault. Wow. But I'm right here. Wow. Like, just launched into a different area now. Uh, well, now sorry about it, Polly, but mad. cauliflower pizza is garbage. Like, wow. Like, no, and don't, don't try to trump it no, up. Like, like over at, somebody cut the mic. Over somebody, at B-dubs, they, the have, they have cauliflower, like, chicken wings or whatever. Like, um, Will, the other day, Bill Clickwood, the other day, uh, you know. Fantastic. Ordered, yes. Those were fantastic. No, that's garbage. Yeah, no, they were it was fantastic. horrible. Like, a yeah, the, buffalo, kind of the buffalo. Yeah, cauliflower. cauliflower? Those were good. That was, that was good. He, yeah. he said it as basically a substitute for buffalo wings. I'm like, no, you can't. No, no. Okay, so that's 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 a bridge too far, right? You can't you can't say that, right? It has to be its own category. I understand what you're trying to do with it, 
to substitute something, but you can't that that's where people fall down on the argument. It just has to be what it is. It's a good thing. It, don't say that it's as good as dot, 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 or that it's a substitute for it. No, no, no. It's its own thing. Just let it be its own thing. Then I'm on board. Phil Click would just order some fried pickles and be done with it. It's fine. It's not going to kill you. Now you're getting somewhere. That's a fantastic product as well. Fried pickles. I had jalapeno Yeah, but the, the worst one then is when they try to get you into like their quote homemade pickles and it ends up not being a full dill pickle. Oh, no. That's bad. There's, what is it? It was a place in Madison. I don't know if it's maybe Tipsy Cow or someplace where they, it's not quite where you're like, oh, no, nope. And they're still okay, but it's, you can tell what they're trying to do and you're like, no, don't. So it's a fried sweet pickle? Or you're saying it's, it's not lightly- a sweet pickle, but it, because it's a homemade, it doesn't quite have the full punch of the dill pickle that you want. You need that punch in the face from the dill. I mean, otherwise, what are you doing? I, I don't know either. Yeah. I don't know why you're going there then. That's true. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Give Me Some Truth. We'll catch you next time. And, uh, you know, leave a little comment on your uh, how much you detest cauliflower pizza. And I'll love you. Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.